Welcome to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Eric Bold, Director of Public Affairs. We're going to talk about trade this week. We have updates on NAFTA and President Trump's trade assistance program that he'll be announcing some details of this week. We're also going to talk through the endorsements that Missouri Farm Bureau has made so far and give you information about Missouri Farm Bureau's Foundation for Agriculture golf tournament, which is coming up this next Monday here in Jefferson City. So let's get started. Spencer Toom is our Director of National Legislative Programs. We've uh, had a lot of time at the State Fair and a lot of other things going on here lately, so we haven't talked uh, policy here in the studio for a while, but we have quite a few things that are on the plate um, with the trade agenda that the President is working through and with Congress getting off of their August recess, about to come back and uh, jump right into a bunch of different things. So let's go ahead and just uh, start off with the trade stuff, though, Spencer. What what are we looking at uh, over the next few weeks with the trade agenda? Well, you're right. There's certainly no shortage of things to talk about in the agricultural policy world right now. Um, as many of our listeners, if you've listened before, probably know, uh, we've been dealing with some uncertainty surrounding trade, especially with Canada and Mexico and China, over the past couple of months. Uh, we did hear some positive news earlier this week. Um, It is possible that the U.S. and Mexico will be reaching an agreement on a renegotiating NAFTA. Could be as soon as the end of this week, but more likely next week when that will be announced. And Mm -hmm. so uh, we're really looking forward to seeing the details of that. I have not seen any details released, so I wouldn't want to speculate on what's in that plan. Uh, But I know it would provide a lot of uh, needed certainty for our farmers and ranchers as Mexico and Canada are, of course, our number one and two trading partners in Missouri. Yeah, and that is part of the... the I guess what's been sliced up into two different pieces now, the NAFTA renegotiations. It originally was a trilateral negotiation between the United States, Mexico, and Canada. Mm -hmm. We've basically split into two separate bilateral um, negotiations with U.S. and Canada, U.S. and Mexico. Mm -hmm. So um, things with the U.S. and Canada, though, still are looking like they're not moving much. Things still seem pretty rocky between Canada and the U.S. Now, just to catch everyone up, um, a couple months ago, there was a round of talks taking place between Canada and the United States. Uh, Vice President Mike Pence was actually there. He attended those talks and uh, proposed that Canada make changes to its dairy supply management program, which we have seen issues with for quite a while, as well as proposing a five-year sunset on NAFTA so that it would have to be renegotiated and revisited every five years. Uh, Canada basically said, no deal, we're not doing that, and they have walked away from the table and not been back. Mm-hmm. Um, following that meeting immediately, there were some harsh tweets exchanged <laughs> between our president and um, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada. Um, and unfortunately, we haven't been able to come back to the table with them. But we're hoping that if we reach an agreement with Mexico, that maybe that will inspire more talks between the U.S. and Canada so mm-hmm. we can get this whole thing wrapped up. Well, yeah, good. I, that would be maybe the the needed boost that they need to, to get um, back to the table. It seems like they're very firm in their positions, though, yes. in Canada. So it may may not come easily. Sure. Um, the uh, the other big news in trade, though, is the $12 billion proposal that President Trump made a few weeks ago now regarding the trade uh, assistance program. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly what the right terms are for all that, but we are still um, looking to, to have some announcements coming up pretty soon on that, right? Yeah, we believe that the administration will make announcements on Friday, August 24th, which would be tomorrow. We're recording this on Thursday. Um, so we're looking forward to seeing details of the trade assistance package. Now, again, that package would come in three parts. The first would be the market facilitation program, which provide direct payments to producers to help mitigate some of those 
those losses that you've experienced through the tariff situation. The second one would provide authority and dollars for USDA to purchase excess goods and provide them to local food banks. So, for example, fluid milk is one mm-hmm. that typically comes to mind. Um, and the third one is an internal program that would provide additional funding for USDA to explore new and emerging markets for ag products. So uh, we've really been focusing on the market facilitation program, and President Hurst has been very engaged on that topic. Yeah, and that's uh, one of the issues that has come up really uh, deeply on that market facilitation program is the the drought that's been affecting Missouri. We were just talking a minute ago that the actual the, the drought map that came out today is the first one that in many, many weeks, maybe even months, has had a lower amount of drought showing on it in Missouri than the previous week. It's uh, finally, we got some rains last week. It moved in the right direction. However, things are still pretty bad across the state, especially in northwest, north central Missouri and southwest Missouri, which will affect our our yields and our crops this year. Mm -hmm. And the market facilitation program is going to be based entirely on this year's yields uh, the way that it's been proposed. And I guess we haven't really gotten... Um, an indication that that's going to change with this announcement on Friday, right? So we've been working very hard to communicate our concern to the administration regarding those payments. You know, one of our biggest concern is that many producers who have been impacted by this tariff situation, they're being impacted on more than just this year's productions. You have producers who have carried over inventory from last year. You have this year's crop, which we expect we'll see a pretty significant yield drop due to the drought. And then you have producers who are trying to make purchasing decisions about next year's crop and are having difficulty doing so uh, due to the uncertainty surrounding the markets. So uh, President Hurst sent a letter to USDA Secretary Purdue communicating our desire for actual production history to be used to calculate those payments rather than 2018 yields. In addition, we are very grateful to see Senator Blunt uh, sent a letter expressing the same concerns to the Secretary as well as um, some members of the House of Representatives from Missouri, so representatives Wagner, Luke Kemeyer, Hartzler, Graves, Long, and Smith all signed on to that letter. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, we'll uh, hopefully see some movement on that. And it, even if it isn't in this initial announcement, maybe they'll still be able to find some way to assist uh, people who have been really deeply affected by this drought. Um, also, we have some final, finally some uh, movement in Congress. They're coming back to session after taking off a few weeks to be back in their districts over the August recess. Uh, they have a lot on their plates, though, uh, coming up over the next few weeks. What are they going to be working on? September is going to be an incredibly busy month for Congress. Not only are we in an election year, which kind of shortens the timeline for the fall legislative calendar, uh, but there's a lot of things that expire on September 30th that are pretty important to our nation overall and important to agriculture. So the first one, of course, is the federal budget. Um, The fiscal year for the federal government starts over on October 1st, uh, so Congress will need to come to a fund solution by September 30th or pass an extension in order to fund the government. Uh, In addition, we've talked about it several times, but the Farm Bill expires September 30th. Uh, We were very pleased to see that Chairman Pat Roberts, who's the Senate Agriculture Committee chairman from Kansas, announced that there will be a meeting of the Farm Bill Conference Committee right after the legislators return to Washington on September 5th. And that's definitely good news. And I know their staffs have been working a lot behind the scenes to try to get some of those details hashed out before the members actually show up um, to talk it out face to face. So we are cautiously optimistic that that we'll um, see some movement once the House gets back to D.C. Now, the Senate has actually been there most of the time over the the last few weeks because Senator McConnell, Leader McConnell, canceled most of the August recess uh, to try to work on 
um, nominations of judges and some other uh, appointments from the president. So they've actually been continuing to be engaged in the process, and all the people on the Farm Bill um, Conference Committee there have been able to, to, to give their input while still in D.C. So hopefully that is bodes well for the actual mm-hmm. bill getting finished up. One other thing that the Senate is going to be focusing on that I failed to mention before, and this has you know, been a big hot-button issue for the last couple months and I anticipate will be into the fall, um, the Senate will start uh, confirmation hearings for uh, President Trump's Supreme Court nominee. Um, so I think that will uh, take up a lot of time in the Senate as well. Yeah, and, and just from a Missouri perspective, we're going to be hearing a ton about that mm-hmm. because um, Judge Kavanaugh is very strongly supported by Attorney General Hawley, who's running against uh, Senator McCaskill in um, the re-election bid for McCaskill. And uh, Senator McCaskill met with Judge Kavanaugh, uh, I think, a day or two ago Mm -hmm. and didn't really have any firm statements one way or the other about her uh, voting, uh, how how she's going to vote on his nomination coming out of that meeting. And um, Attorney General Hawley's been trying, hitting her pretty hard on that on the campaign trail. So I think that's going to take up a lot of the airways over the next few months here. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think it's going to be a really important issue for voters in the upcoming election. I know it's important to our members. And uh, we held our endorsement session a couple weeks ago. And I know that that was a topic that people not only asked about, but both candidates were were very happy to talk about because it is Mm -hmm. such an important issue. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of that endorsement session, we did have um, a lot of attention surrounding that because this is such a big race uh, in in the United States Senate race in Missouri uh, this year because we, well, basically the the House is, uh, most of the prognosticators are showing that there's a pretty good chance that the House is going to flip over to Democratic control uh, after the November elections. That's not a for sure thing. And we all saw how the polls played out in <laughs> 2016. So who knows? But that's just putting a lot more pressure on the re- Republicans in the Senate to try to hold the majority over there where mm-hmm. they only have a one, well, a two vote majority uh, in the Senate. And the there's, there's such a strong Republican leaning map this year. There's only a handful of pickup opportunities for Democrats uh, across the country because there's many, many more Democrats up for re-election than there are Republicans mm-hmm. up for re-election. And that places so much attention on Missouri because it's one of the only really two or three strong possibilities that Republicans could actually pick off a seat um, from a, a Democrat. So that's uh, led to a ton of media attention on this uh, Josh Hawley race um, in in Missouri and in the endorsement session, he won that pretty resoundingly. He did, yes. So um, Attorney General Hawley received approximately 93% of the vote of our PAC trustees. So um, every county farm bureau in Missouri is able to actually vote on that endorsement. We had a wonderful turnout this year, and we're looking forward to working hard with Attorney General Hawley to hopefully win in November. Yeah, and I was just looking up the the seats that are held by Republicans this year. There's only nine out of the 35 Senate seats mm-hmm. that are up for election this year that are actually held by Republicans currently. And only one of those nine Republican seats was in a state won by Hillary Clinton. So wow. those nine are fairly tough for Democrats to pick off. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's where Republicans are really hoping to be able to pick, a, pick up one uh, and then hold that majority in the Senate so that the entire Congress wouldn't be going over to the other side of Uh, if that were to happen in the House. Absolutely. We have had some other endorsements as well. You know, we're watching races at the federal level and at the state level. Um, I know our PAC trustees have also voted to endorse Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler in Missouri's Missouri's 4th Congressional District, Congressman Blaine Luke-Kemeyer in the 3rd Congressional District, and then 
Congressman Jason Smith for Missouri's 8th Congressional District. And then two state Senate races that we've weighed in on include Senator Sandy Crawford. She's an incumbent from the southwestern part of Missouri. And then there's an open seat in Missouri's 6th Senate District, um, and that was endorsed for Mike Bernsketter, who is from mid-Missouri. Yeah, and there there may be more uh, endorsements still to come over the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. We're going to have several more endorsement sessions around the state and the regions that uh, our PAC districts are broken up into um, to uh, consider both congressional members or congressional candidates and state Senate seats. There's a number of them that are going to be pretty hotly contested all across the state, so uh, keep an ear out for that. I think that we'll have several more announcements to come um, all along those same lines. We just wrapped up the Missouri State Fair, which I felt like was a a big success this year. Mm -hmm. Had a lot of traffic through the building. And one of the things that we had there, as we have since 1980, was our Missouri Farm Bureau straw poll. And uh, we only asked two questions this year, tried to keep it pretty simple. One was on the U.S. Senate race between um, Senator McCaskill and Attorney General Hawley. And the other was on Proposition D. And Proposition D is um, going to be on the November ballot as well, along with the Senate race. Would you tell us a little bit about what that is all about? Yeah, so Proposition D is an initiative that is going to be on the November ballot that will raise additional funds for roads, bridges, and public safety in the state of Missouri. Now, the way that would be done is it would be done through a 10-cent fuel tax increase, which is 2.5 cents over four years, so it's phased in. Um, The gas tax is the main funder of the Missouri Department of Transportation through the road fund, Um, but the road fund also funds Missouri State Highway Patrol, which many people might not know. Um, So this tax would fund the highway patrol and in turn free up additional funds to be used for road and bridge construction. Uh, The current fuel tax in Missouri is 17 cents. The last time it was raised was in 1996. For reference, I was two years old. (laughs) Um, So it's been quite a while since we have updated it, and we're looking forward. Missouri Farm Bureau has had longstanding policy on increased funding for transportation in Missouri, and we're looking forward to supporting the initiative this fall. Yeah, and that would be phased in over a four-year period, so it wouldn't be all at one time. It would be two and a half cents a year. Mm -hmm. Um, The preliminary estimates show that it it would be a very, very small amount of money, uh, about $5 per person after that uh, entire thing was phased in every month, Mm -hmm. $5 a month. And that really is a pretty decent price to pay uh, a pretty uh, good balance, I think, of um, uh, supplying additional funding that is needed just to make up for inflation. Because like you say, since you were two years old, things cost more. Things do Uh, cost more. And road and bridge construction costs a lot more than it did back then. And the uh, gas tax hasn't changed. So we're still trying to pay for today's roads based on you know 20 some odd years ago's money mm-hmm. um so mm-hmm. we are going to be strongly supporting that now that uh, proposal proposition d again on the ballot d is in dog um that one will be uh, or was supported in the straw poll at the missouri state fair 58.7 percent to 41.3 percent so even with uh, what's probably a fairly rural audience um, sometimes against any uh, changes to funding streams at all um had a pretty strong support in that, a, a more than 17-point margin mm-hmm. supporting Proposition D, because I think they see the issues that are out there that just need to be addressed. We've got to do something. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. One statistic that has really stuck out to me on this issue is that Missouri has the sixth largest uh, transportation system in the United States. Of course, we're right in the middle of the country, so we're well positioned for infrastructure, for transportation. We are 47th in funding per mile of roads. Mm-hmm. So uh, we we rank pretty high in size of system, but we rank pretty low as far as funding. And so that that's quite a difference when yeah. you really look at the numbers. It's hard to stretch 
those dollars. And uh, I think much it's further. I think it's important to remember too that um, thirty percent of Proposition D, the tax revenue generated, will actually go back to your cities and counties. So it really emphasizes that local control, um, and will provide additional funding in those avenues as well for those county and city maintained roads. Yeah, that's a very good point. I think that's going to make a lot of our uh, smaller rural areas uh, very happy mm -hmm. because they know they will have some local control over yeah. it. Um, and then the other uh, question on that straw poll ballot was, again, regarding the U.S. Senate race. And that was a pretty resounding uh, victory for um, Attorney General Hawley. He was um, victorious in that with a 72.8 percent vote to 27.2 uh, percent for Senator McCaskill. Um, I think we all expected him to probably pull out the straw poll, but mm -hmm. I think that was a, a much broader margin than most of us expected. It was almost a three to one margin. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly what that means. It's not a scientific poll, obviously. It's whoever decides to come in and take the poll. Mm -hmm. um, that's how straw polls are always done uh, at the state fair. But that is uh, much broader than most of the margins we've seen in past years. So yes. don't know if that will um, turn into votes at the actual ballot box or not, but it was definitely pretty uh, eye-opening to see numbers like that. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And and I do think at the end of the day in November, you know, it is going to be a little bit tighter than that margin. <laughs> definitely. But, I can um, guarantee that one. But, you know, we certainly encourage people to get informed about the issues. If you have questions about Missouri Farm Bureau endorsed candidates, please don't hesitate to contact the Home Office. We would be more than happy to visit with you uh, and share information about why Farm Bureau is supporting the candidates that we do. Absolutely. Uh, one last thing before we go, we do have a big event coming up on Monday. Our annual Foundation for Agriculture's Golf Tournament fundraiser mm -hmm. is going to be happening here in Jefferson City, just across the street from the home office at the Jefferson City Country Club. Uh, where can people go if they are interested in participating in that? Yes, yeah, so we still have room for a few teams to register for the golf tournament. No formal golf experience required. Uh, you can go to www.mofb.org and click on Foundation for Ag. It'll bring up a picture of our golf tournament flyer, and you can click on Player or Sponsor Registration. Or you can call Jill Fansler at the home office. It's 573-893-1410. Wonderful. And we are going to have... Uh, pretty good weather for that it's looking like it's Hope going so. to be warm um, but that's a, a good thing you don't want it to be um, well we would love some rain here uh, yes it's you know in the middle of a drought rain's always good even if it rains out of fundraiser but uh, when you're having a, a golf tournament it's kind of nice to have a nice warm day and I think that's what's predicted so come on out for that we'd love to have you um, even if you're just uh, wanting to come on your own we can plug you into a team. We have a couple of individual slots open, I believe, as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so you don't have to come up with a foursome if you want to uh, participate in the golf tournament. Anyway, uh, we will be doing that on Monday and circling back with you all next week to tell you what's happening. We have um, so many things on the plate with trade and uh, with the, the political situation in Washington. Can't wait to update you on what happens there because we are looking forward to seeing it ourselves. Hopefully we'll have more to show you next week. Absolutely. Thanks, Ms. Thanks. Thanks for joining us this week. If you would like to play in that golf tournament next week on Monday, please do contact us at mofb.org or call Jill Fansler here at the home office. We'd love to have you come out and join us. We will be back next week with more Digging In.